Hi, everybody, and welcome to my first Time to Think podcast. This is Marianne, um, and I'm happy that you're joining me today, February the 26th, I believe. So our topic today is social isolation. And you may be wondering, why would I choose such a topic for the first podcast? Well, I was sort of led to the topic. It was uh, maybe the end of last week. I was looking for my social security card because I had to get my PA real ID and um, renew my license. So as I was digging through my um, drawers, I noticed that I came across my journals and I came across uh, old journals. You know, I used to write a lot and I'm actually doing a lot of that again. So I picked one up and it was a journal from um, 1988, 89. Uh, So that's pretty old. And I opened it and I came across a poem called Disappointment. And I want to read it to you. Disappointment. Hopes, aspirations, dreams, expectations surmount in frustrations. A no-reach goal, an empty soul, a tear-stained face, a hopeless case. Intervention of a friend brings disappointment to an end, and new hopes and dreams begin again. So I wrote that poem in the 80s, and let's see, at that point in my life, I was just about um, finishing my uh, a major relationship. I was getting a divorce and I was kind of feeling a little bit socially isolated, but not completely because I was also involved in a lot of things. I was finishing my principalship at Villanova University. Um, I was working at the Country Day School of the Sacred Heart in Bryn Mawr. So I was very involved in a lot of um, activities and, and with a lot of people. Um, but my primary relationship, obviously, at that point in my life, was no longer serving either of us. And it resulted in that kind of feeling of social isolation. So I read that poem last week and I said to myself, this is a feeling that so many people experience in their lives and it is a problem in today's society. So I decided that we really needed to take some time to um, address that problem. You know, we live in a high, high tech, fast paced, very busy world and sometimes we don't talk about issues that are really important. You know, social isolation spans all ages and classes. For example, you can be a student in a school system, and while there are lots of people around, you might not feel connected. So that's social isolation. Or maybe you're a recent graduate from high school and you find yourself tumbling through life, not really sure what direction you're going. Um, Maybe you're out of the family nest, maybe you're in a new apartment, a different town, a different community, and you don't have that structure to your life that you had for so many years. Um, And you might feel a sense of social isolation if you're not sure how to connect. Or maybe you lost a job or retired from a job, and that's a major life transition, and you've lost those social connections. Or maybe you're grieving the loss of someone you love, 
a soulmate or a child or a best friend, a sibling, and you're just not sure if you can ever recover and you find yourself pulling away and retrieving. So social isolation can happen to anyone, but as human beings, we are social beings and we long to connect with others. We long to be validated and we want to be part of our communities, our families. We want to be connected to other people. So today, as we explore this topic, um, I'm going to do three things. First of all, I'm going to define social isolation and share what it is, what it is not. And then I'm going to go in a little bit about the consequences of social isolation. And then I'm going to give a few action steps that a person can initiate to turn it around if they feel themselves getting in that scenario or they are in that scenario already. So let's start then with what social isolation is and what it is not. Well, my business is called Time to Think. Um, and I certainly believe that selective solitude is important for everyone. You need to pull yourself away to reflect, to regroup, to think. And it's something that I think a lot of people miss in their lives because we're always so busy and constantly bombarded by things and events that we don't slow it down and claim some solitude for ourselves. Social isolation is not selective solitude. Selective solitude is important for your mental health. Social isolation is detrimental to your mental health. Social isolation is not temporary loneliness. We all experience that. It might occur when a holiday is over. If you're a grandparent, for example, you might have a lot of kids in, the, in your home or you may be visiting with everyone and then you go back to your own home or, or your visitors leave and you feel a sense of loneliness, but that passes. It's just like a temporary thing. But social isolation takes it to another level. It becomes more chronic. Um, when you don't feel that you're connected with your family, your coworkers, you feel as if you're sinking into a hole, you're losing connections and you're retreating or withdrawing from life. And it leads to a lot of consequences. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the consequences that occur. Um, I pulled up an article from the American Psychological Association. It was written in May of 2019 by Amy Novotny. And the name of the article is Social, Social Isolation, It Could Kill You. And she talks for a little while about different consequences, including the health consequences. Um, she shares that according to a meta-analysis, um, lack of social connection heightens health risks as much as smoking 15 cigarettes a day or having al an alcohol use disorder. 
Um, she's found that social loneliness and social isolation are twice as harmful to physical and mental health as obesity. Um, so obviously there are consequences to the individual when you're feeling socially isolated. It, that chronic loneliness and isolation can place individuals at a much greater risk for a variety of diseases and can actually um, lead to premature death, which is um, something that is obviously very sad and that can be prevented um, if we recognize and do something about the problem that is facing us and our society today. So there are those personal consequences to one's health. But there are other kinds of consequences as well. I almost feel that social isolation leads to greater social isolation. For example, people who are withdrawn are obviously not connecting with others. And there's probably someone out there that needs to connect as well. And I know that oftentimes you hear of intergenerational types of volunteer work um, where students might go into um, the VA, for example, or um, just different ways that people connect across generations and how important that is that connection makes a big difference for people. When you are socially isolated, you're kind of robbing someone else of that opportunity to learn from you and to connect. So I think that social isolation can just lead to more people feeling isolated. So we've got to break it. How do you break that cycle? Well, I think there are a number of things a person can do to turn it around. Um, but one thing I want to say is that, let's say you're not in a state of social isolation, and hopefully you're not. Um, you might be like extremely healthy and positive and great and gung-ho on life and able to accomplish a lot. Just keep your eyes open, your heart open to someone who is experiencing that isolation and you might be a catalyst in making that change by inviting them to um, a discussion, by inviting them to just engage in a conversation with you, and then perhaps leading them to an area that would be a fruitful, beneficial step for them to take. So I want to offer a couple of uh, suggestions for a person who is experiencing social isolation. If you find yourself there, I want you to recognize that you are made for more. And it's great if you can step out of yourself and connect with a community group, your church, the YMCA, whatever it might be, you can make that jump and jump out of yourself and make that connection to repurpose your life. But that's not an easy thing to do. But it's a worthwhile thing to do because everybody is made for more. We are made for more than being miserable 
and for being isolated. You are made for more than that. To make that change, you need to persevere because you might make an effort. You might go to something and think, oh, that just didn't do it. I want to encourage you to persevere and keep doing it. Keep trying to do it. It might be that you're taking part in a painting class or maybe you're volunteering as a reader for United Way. Whatever it might be, when you start to make that connection and you give yourself time with it, you can find some positive results and find some new connections. It will never replace the loss that you're maybe experiencing, but the connections can keep you healthy and they can also help other people. A second suggestion that I have um, is to work on your self-image by monitoring your self-talk. And that's something that I think many of us do. We might say negative things about ourselves, our lives. Uh, we might feel isolated and just sort of dwell in that negativity. We might be feeding further isolation by just dwelling on the negative. Um, and, and saying things that do not support connecting with other people to ourselves. And that's a, that can be very problematic. Um, one of the acronyms that I use, uh, when I do masterminds and do any kind of teaching with my work as a health coach and also through the John Maxwell team is one that I learned through Dr. Bill Sears. And I'm a certified health coach through the Dr. Sears Institute. And um, it is this one. It's called ants. And I want you to remember to brush off the ants. And you're probably thinking, what in the heck are you talking about here? The ants stand for automatic negative thoughts. And if you find yourself in social isolation or you find yourself not able to pull yourself to the next level and start achieving goals, you might be doing a lot of that negative talk. So if you can think in terms of that and recognizing when you hear yourself doing it, I want you to brush off the ants. I want you to literally um, stand up and brush your arms down as if you are moving those ants out. I want you to push them out of your life and replace it with a positive thought, a positive energy. Invite the positive, brush off the negative. So brush off those ants, work on that self-image, monitor your self-talk. So finally, I want to suggest that maybe at some point you join one of my master group, mastermind groups. Um, they've been really good. They've been good for everyone that's attended and myself as well because we learn from each other and we grow. Um, so... I think that social isolation is something that we need to combat. We need to fight through it. We need to get through it. We need to avoid it. We need to, well, when I say avoid it, we need to change it. We can't sometimes avoid it, but we need to pull ourselves out of it and pull other people out of it because there are too many good things um, ahead when we connect. I'm going to finish with a poem again. This is another thing that I wrote back in the 80s. And, um, you know, it's not necessarily great writing, but it kind of reminds me that, you know, journal writing is something that helps us get through some of the problems that we face. 
Um, and here's here we go. Nature's orchestra filling night air, the rhythm of crickets, they make me aware that one can tune out or one can tune in and become one with the cadence that calls deep within. Time quickly escapes us, but the choice remains ours to be receptive to life and respond to the stars. A cold, lonely soul can somehow ignite when someone can lead it to the warmth of the light. Don't hesitate, for the moment may flee, leaving only a teardrop lost in the sea. So my thought is this. Choose to do it now. Choose to take steps that are positive. Choose to brush off the ants. Choose to make connections and persevere. Make it a great day. Thank you so much for joining my first podcast. We'll talk again soon. Bye for now.